Welcome to the Running Jump Podcast. This is Joe, and today I'm going to be talking about how to go out and run when you are feeling unmotivated. Before we begin, I want to remind everyone that I am not a doctor. I have never been a doctor. Do not take anything in this podcast as medical advice. If you have any medical questions, take it up with a professional, your doctor. To give an update on my current training, I am training for a half marathon. And last week started really well. I had some speed training. I did one mile warm-up followed by five miles at goal pace, and I was able to do that. It felt really good. Then at the end of the week, I had a long run. I was supposed to run 13 miles, but I ended up having to stop after just four. I was just feeling really dehydrated, and when I looked at my running watch, my pulse was about... 20 beats per minute faster than it would normally be with that level of effort. So at that point, I decided to turn around and walk home. And honestly, I'm fine with that. My training has been going so well for so long now. Having a run that doesn't go well here and there, you know, it just happens. It's fine. And I'll just get back to it next week. What I think happened is the night before I had Chinese food, which is very salty, sugary, and I just didn't have enough water to counterbalance that. It might not even be possible to completely recover from eating Chinese food and run 13 miles the next day. I don't know. But I got really dehydrated during my run. It's going to be something I'm going to look to avoid in the future, but not too worried about it. Now to get to the main part of this episode, how to get out and run when you are feeling unmotivated. This episode will be split into two parts. This first part will be telling you what you should be doing the morning of if you feel unmotivated. And next week, I'll be talking about what you can do beforehand so that you will wake up in a more motivated state. Now I'm saying waking up in the morning to run because this is probably most likely when you're going to have the most problems. But potentially it could happen any time of the day when you're going out to run. The first thing to do when you wake up and you don't feel like running is to just stop thinking. Like whatever you do, just stop your brain from thinking. Just just focus on nothing. Just like let your brain quiet. This is just like something that's important to do because... A lot of times it takes a long time to actually wake up. Like it might take you as much as, say, 45 minutes for your brain to completely wake up. So whatever thoughts you're having right when you wake up probably don't even make a lot of sense. So there's no real reason to listen to them. You're going to be just half asleep. So just do that first step. Then what you want to do is just take some sort of action that you know will help you wake up. Like either just sit up and get your feet on the floor, that can help. I like to drink cold water right when I wake up. That really helps me get going. Now at this point, if it just sort of seems like whatever run you had planned to do that morning just seems like way too much, just don't really think about that. 
You only have to focus on the next step of getting ready to get out there. So you want to think about getting into your running clothes. Just, you know, you might think, okay, where are the clothes that I need? And just think about that and only think about that. And then next you might think, oh, I like to drink some water before I run. And then you just think about that step, just getting the water. And then maybe you warm up. So you think just about whatever stretch or warm up you like to do before you go running. Because what you have to remember is the hardest part of running usually is just getting out there and starting. Once you get going, once you do your first few steps, you're going to just be into it and you're probably not going to want to stop. So you just have to do whatever you can do to get out there and start running. You can think of it like say you have like a big barrel of water and you have to drain out all the water. Drilling the hole in the barrel to let all the water flow out is going to be the hardest part. Once you do that, it's like even though all the water is still in the barrel, just watching it flow out, that's easy. So you can think of that like you just have to get out there and run. That's like drilling the hole. And then running is just letting the water flow out of the barrel. Another thing to remember is that a short run is always better than no run at all. Like say your plan was to run five miles in the morning and you had just like so much time allotted so you can fit that in before you go to work. If you are moving slowly because you're tired, it might get to the point where you're not going to be able to fit that five mile run in. But you should really just go out there and run as far as you can for however much time you have. Like you really shouldn't talk yourself out of running at all. Like, just going out and running is a victory in itself, and you can always make up those miles later. Now, when it comes to motivation, I want to share something that I heard a long time ago that really stuck with me. It's the idea that inside you, you don't just have your one personality the way you think you do. Really, you have three personalities inside you. You have your highest or best self, you have your day-to-day self, and then you have your lower self. Now, your lower self is your petty self. Your lower self cares about things like what other people think about you, trying to be cool, proving people wrong, just sort of like vanity-type things. And obviously, you don't want to live your life there, but just about everyone spends some time as their lower self. Now, your day-to-day self is thinking about things like making money, trying to survive, and you're probably here most of the time. So that's why it's important to really have healthy habits that keep you going in the right direction. Now, your highest self is your best self. You're trying to grow, trying to be the best person you can be, trying to share with others, teach others lift other people up so they can be their highest self. And what happens is a lot of times when you plan out running or you just make the commitment to running, you were probably in your highest self. But if you wake up and you're underslept and it's just cold out or whatever it happens to be, you're probably actually in your lowest self at that point. So there's just a disconnect there. 
your lowest self doesn't care what your highest self thinks. Your highest self is probably thinking about challenging yourself, getting a personal best, improving your cardiovascular system, living longer. But your lowest self really just doesn't even care about these things at all. So what you have to do is kind of trick yourself, your lowest self, into going out and running. And like I said before, once you go out there, you're going to be just fine. So if you can just find some petty reason to get out there and run, that's fine. You know, you don't always have to be at your absolute best at every single time. And if you're waking up earlier than you normally do, and if it's dark out, and if it's cold, you shouldn't even worry about what it takes to get out there. One other thing that could possibly be holding you back is if it's just cold, you might be tempted to just stay in bed. Because it's like, however cold it is in your bedroom, it's definitely going to be colder outside. And that might just make it seem impossible to suit up and get out there. So what I do, and something that I would recommend, is that even when I'm just going through the motions of getting ready to go out and run, I'll have some sweatpants handy, and I'll just put those on. And I'll just be a little bit warmer during my warm-up and drinking water and getting ready to go. Also, if you live in an area with real winter and you plan on running out when it's cold, you should have winter running clothes that you really like. If you see wearing these specialized warm running clothes as kind of a treat, you're much more likely to want to put those on and go out and run. Another thing you should really remember is that you should really be focusing on progress over perfection. Now, you might be tempted into just jumping right in and trying to run every day and just being a great runner right away. But the fact is, for this to really become a habit, it might take some time. And if you want to, say, run four days a week, and you start off and your first week, it's like you get out there and you only run one day and you don't even go as far as you want. It's like that's still way more than running not at all. And then you just try again next week and you just try again the week after and you just keep going. You just keep going and you should really focus on consistency, getting out there to run more than, say, the distance or the time or anything like that. You know, focus on consistency focus on improving, and you're going to be just fine. Like, if your goal is to run four days per week, and it takes you, say, a year, two years to get there, but you get there, that's fine. Every time you go out to run, you should congratulate yourself. You should say, that was 100 out of 10, and you should really feel good about it. I used to use this web app called Habitica, which is just like, it's kind of like a to-do list that they like turn into a game. And for my running, I wouldn't put, oh, I ran six miles and then check it off. It's like, no, it's every day there would be a checkbox and it'd be like, did I run today? And that's all you really need for your bar of success. Like the volume will come, you're going to be fine. Don't be too hard on yourself. Just try your best to get out there and run. Now it's time to move into a listener question. 
Do you have any advice on combining lifting and running? I do some running right now, but haven't seen any improvement in my times. I'm pretty strong, but weigh 225. I'm guessing that's pounds. I'm fairly lean, but I know that's not conducive to being a fast runner. Thank you for your question. I think there are several sides to this. On one hand, it's important to remember that you don't actually get to be everything. You don't get to be, say, an elite marathoner, an elite, like, strongman powerlifter, and maybe, like, an elite soccer player. Like, your body can only be really great at one of those things at a time, and you probably don't even really have time to train all those things. But if you're just like a regular person, like most of us, not a professional athlete, just looking to become fit, you definitely can combine these things. You can combine running and lifting. In particular, you can definitely do upper body lifting anytime, really. Like, that doesn't really interfere with your running at all. Running does use your back muscles a bit, But it's so much different than, say, like doing pull-ups or rows or anything like that. You can definitely combine them on the same days or different days. Like if you're taking a rest day from running, you can do upper body weightlifting. That's totally fine. Now, if you're looking to improve your running times, there's some things you should look at. Are you running fast miles every week? Are you improving the amount of miles you're running each week? You should be looking to increase those, like increase your distance and increase the amount that you are running at your goal pace. So say if you're trying to run a faster 5K. Whatever your goal pace is, you can't at this point run a 5K, but perhaps you can run it for one mile your new goal pace. So then you can go out, you can do, say, one mile warm-up, one mile at your goal pace, and then one mile cool down. And just see how that feels. Just see how it feels to run one mile at that pace. And then if it felt like something you can do, you can just stretch it out. And then the next time, maybe you do one and a quarter miles. See how that feels. And you just want to slowly stretch out this pace every week. Now, you shouldn't be doing most of your runs at your goal pace. Most of your runs should be kind of slower. And you should give yourself plenty of time to recover between your fast runs. And if you try this workout, say, the one mile at the goal pace, and you can't even do that, you probably have to adjust your expectations for now and just pick, like, a slightly slower goal And it's fine, because as long as you stick to it, you will eventually get to where you want to be. But to answer your main question, I think it's completely possible for the average person to combine lifting and running and have some success in both. And it's probably important to do both. Like, it's important to do strength training and do cardiovascular training. So stick with it. Train smart, get enough rest, eat well, 
and you'll be able to achieve any goal you set out to. Now I want to talk about something a little bit different. You may have heard of the healthy at every size movement. These are basically crazy people that will tell you that no matter how fat you are, you can always just be healthy, like you're fine, and basically there's no health risks associated with obesity. Obviously, this is just like complete insanity. Again, I'm not a doctor, but there are just so many research studies and just statistics that show that obesity is terrible for basically all of your bodily functions. I think a lot of times people will discuss like the physical problems with being obese or overweight because most of the time those are obvious. People having cardio issues, heart attacks, strokes, things like that. Just dying sooner, having a poor quality of life. But one thing that really bothered me this past weekend is I don't think people really talk about the potential cognitive issues that come along with being obese. There are studies that show that being obese can greatly contribute to developing dementia later in life. So, of course, you want to avoid that. But I think even while someone is obese, their brain is not functioning as well as it should. And the reason I thought about this, and this just really struck me for some reason, and I don't know why it bothered me so badly, but when you look at the statistics, in developed countries, it's like a third of people are either overweight or obese, and that number keeps going up and up. But when you look at all the top chess players, they're all in good shape. And most of them are actually quite thin, like probably thinner than average. And I kept thinking, and I kept thinking about all the champions and people that were like close to being champion throughout time. And I really couldn't think of any that were obese. At this point, the obesity epidemic has been going on for so long it would make sense that there would be a top chess player who was very fat, but it just hasn't happened. And I think this just shows that even if it's not obvious, obesity does affect the brain. It affects it enough that you can't be a world-class chess player if you're carrying around this extra weight. And I don't know the exact mechanisms of this. I don't know if it's just less oxygen going to the brain or poor nutrition going to the brain. Like, I don't know what it is. But I think it's scary. I think it's scary that there are people pushing these ideas that you're healthy no matter what, no matter how fat you are. And really, their brain just isn't even working at full capacity. And the people that are going to latch onto these movements, their brains aren't working well either. So it's just a really bad situation. And one thing that you can potentially take away from this is that if you lose weight, you might actually get a little bit smarter. It's just something that you can look forward to that you might not even been thinking about. You might be able to think clearly and just make better decisions. It might make you better at your job. You might even make more money because of it. And there's just these people out there that are just saying, oh no, never change, just stay fat for no reason, just because it's easy. And I think in the long run, these health at every size activists are going to have a lot of blood on their hands. I think people are going to die because they just like subscribe to this nonsense 
And I hope in the future, people are able to move past it. And this health at every size movement just is just like a fad that will eventually just be a thing of the past. And that is all I have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for part two of how to run when you are feeling unmotivated. I'll be diving into things you can do before your run that will make you motivated the morning of. If you found this information useful at all, please click subscribe. If you have any questions or feedback, you can send an email to runningjumppod at gmail.com. It's runningjumppod at gmail.com. And I might even answer your question on the podcast itself. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week.